WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. Libraries are quiet places to read, study, and access free Wi-Fi, but they've also historically been battlegrounds for freedom of speech. While Chicago Public Library has designated itself as a book sanctuary, suburban libraries are fighting the most pushback. WBEZ's Adora Namigade has this story about how large and small-scale Chicago-area libraries are engaging the public on the issue of censorship. The North Suburban Lincolnwood Public Library has become a sort of battleground for access to information over the past year, in the children's section of all places. Library director Josephine Tucci explains that some parents want titles removed from the library completely, while others come to board meetings and suggest removing them out of children's eyesight. No matter which shelf this, you know, we only have three shelves, and I'm short, and they come up to my, basically almost my shoulder. So there's nowhere, there would be nowhere to put these books in question. First, it was the hips on the drag queen go swish, swish, swish by Little Miss Hot Mess a book that plays off the children's song, The Wheels on the Bus. Ever since a librarian read it to children at a story time in a local park last summer, parents have been trying to get it banned. Then there was Johnny the Walrus by Matt Walsh, a book allegorically comparing being transgender to pretending to be a walrus, and that riled up progressives who wanted to ban it. In Lincolnwood, the problem is not so much the number of books patrons want to ban, but rather the vitriol and repeated requests to remove such titles. Stories like the Bare Naked book by Kathy Stinson keep coming up in board meetings. It shows people from the waist up and different body types, and they are, they're naked from the waist up. And more of our conservative families really felt that that was an inappropriate illustration to have in this book. And Tucci insisted on keeping all three titles in the space, and they remain available for checkout. She says people advocating for censorship are trying to manipulate the First Amendment to their advantage. It's being used as a sword right now. Instead of a right, it's, it's used almost as a weapon to try and silence other people. Since these battles are not happening in Chicago, the city's public library system has more freedom than others may. Chicago Public Library is promoting book sanctuaries, spaces where books of all kinds are protected and made accessible to all people. Chicago Public Library Commissioner Chris Brown says anyone can make a sanctuary. It could be in your house, it could be in a community center, it could be in a school, and also a library. People are catching on to the idea. Brown says more than 1,300 people viewed and downloaded materials made available online last fall to help them get started. The library is not keeping track of who specifically downloaded the kits. He says protecting challenged titles is a part of Chicago's legacy. So we really had vanguard librarians like Charlemagne Hill Rollins, who in the 40s was writing letters to, to the American Library Association saying, we need more representation in our children's books for African-American kids. The American Library Association is keeping track of book bans. The number grew last year to 67 book ban attempts, up 26 from the year before. The number of book ban attempts grew nationwide too, according to Association Director Tracy Hall.
In just the last year alone, we documented 681 attempts to ban or restrict library resources, and that was across more than 1,600 unique titles. This is the most attempts the association has seen since it began tracking these numbers two decades ago. Hall says it could be because of a heightened polarized political climate. She says there's a focus on books that represent the lives and experiences of people of color and LGBTQ people. The way that power is hoarded, sometimes the way that reading is politicized is an attempt to get to something that is much deeper than just the joy of reading. It's really trying to restrict political, economic, and social access. Hall says a sign of totalitarianism is the withdrawal or withholding of information and that people advocating for censorship are weakening America's democracy. Reading continues to occupy a central place um, in our lives and how we form opinions. And that is why I think literature and books are being called out, because they are still today how we form opinions that really inform the way that we think. Over in suburban Glenview, the children's library section is lively as kids play with plastic fruit and run around. Glenview Public Library Director Lindsay Dorfman says there haven't been fights here over which books to keep on the shelves, and so her library has not needed to become a book sanctuary. The community understands that there are going to be different viewpoints. Even though Glenview isn't experiencing tension over censorship, Dorfman knows library patrons are seeing it in the news. She wants to get ahead of the game by lifting the veil on how libraries operate. She wants to teach the community how and why it purchases certain materials. And she's hosting new programming, like a community conversation with a local author whose book had been banned in other libraries. One of our talented e-services librarians also created a class for parents to teach parents different, about different tools that they can use to find books that are right for their children. The class during Banned Books Week last year taught parents how to look up professional reviews for different books and how to check if books have won awards. After the class was offered, demand for this type of workshop grew, and so the library plans to host another of the same kind this year. Adora Namigade. WBEZ News.